Good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. Thank you for tuning in to the Kaderna podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and I'm excited to have you joining us as always. So today is Friday the 13th, March 13th, and I know that we've been speaking a lot about the the past couple weeks for any of our live listeners about the coronavirus, and uh, it's certainly inspiring quite a bit of fear, uncertainty, unpredictability of what's going to be going on both health-wise and the economy and certainly with the stock markets. So I don't want to belittle that in any way because obviously it's a huge concern gripping the world right now, but we do have to all recognize that the world will keep on spinning. So with that in mind, I would just remind anyone that's still having some concern over that, definitely go back to last week's episode in which we discussed a lot of the recessions in American history Um, how they transpired, and then how the American economy rebounded thereafter every single time. So to have some context, I'd certainly encourage you just to go back and listen to last week's episode. So having said that, I do want to spend some time on a new topic today and continue things as usual. And so perhaps in this week, maybe you're doing some telecommuting, working from home and everything, considering the circumstances And it's probably given a lot of you folks out there an opportunity to sit back, pause, and reflect on where you're at in life, maybe with your job, with what's going on, with your family, with college kids coming back home from school, a lot of different changes. And I always say that chaos breeds opportunity. So perhaps in this moment, you're thinking about your hobbies and your passions and either your business or maybe even starting a new business. And that's what I want to discuss today is if you're a believer in that small business is the backbone of America, I am right there with you. If you think about really any innovation that we've seen across the globe for that matter, it all started in some way, shape or form with a small business. And even before we got to that point with a small idea that became an enormous idea that perhaps changed the course of humanity in some ways. All right. You could think of something as simple as the, uh, you know, the local gym that that started up. And before you know it, it turned into one of the biggest gyms in the world. But it all started in one locality. You might think of the famous, you know, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates photos working in their garages on microchips, you know, while dropping out of college. And then eventually, of course, creating Apple or Microsoft and so forth. So everything has a small genesis if we go all the way back to the beginning, but those things obviously can expand and not only change everyone's life, but create a a fantastic business along the way. So what I want to talk about, if you're having some of those ideas, is how to actually start a business. So I'm going to walk you through a checklist of sorts of things that if you're really serious about this, that you have to start going through getting things organized. And then we're going to segue from that checklist over to how to actually create a business plan, all right, which is essentially the the beginning. That's going to be your roadmap or your game plan of how to take that that simple idea into a business. Okay. so without further ado, let's hop right into that. And uh, this is going to be on the checklist side. So I'll be referring back and forth with the checklist I've written up. 
Um, but the first thing you want to do is really define what type of business is it that you want to operate. So you got to think long and hard. You know, I've got this idea, I've got this passion, but is it a hobby or is it a business? And you quickly have to kind of define that. Now, maybe I shouldn't say quickly, like it's okay to enjoy your hobby, but at some point you're going to come to kind of a crossroads and have to decide, is this something I'm just going to do on the side for fun, you know, forever? Or is it something that I think has impact, uh, not only to myself and my own enjoyment, but to the masses or to a very definitive niche? And at that point, that's when you have to ask yourself, does it have staying power? Um, does it have the opportunity to be profitable? And is this scalable? Is it something I can turn a profit on with one customer, but then duplicate that again and again and again? Okay. So determine what type of business it is that you want to operate, whether you're going to be a dentist, you're going to start up your own you know, gym, you're going to sell baseball cards on eBay, uh, or if you're trying to create the next Disney World, um, whatever it might be, you got to think about what is that business. Then the next thing you want to think about is where is it going to be located? Okay. And in today's day and age, in 2020, um, the, the, the world is your oyster. I mean, it could be something that you're just targeting, you know, mom and dads in your local community, or it's something that you could, of course, take to the web, and it could be targeted internationally thanks to the internet. So you have to define the locale, not only where you're going to be located, but the consumer base that you're going to be targeting, where are all those guys uh, working and living out of, okay? So define the business, define the location, that's going to be step number one. The next thing that you really want to do, and I think this is probably the biggest wake-up call to a lot of folks out there, is begin to research your competition. All right, we've probably all had that moment where you say, oh, I got this great idea. Um, I remember when I was in middle school, and this true story, I actually did a whole design on a watch that had a solar panel on it. And then before you know it, it was like four years later, uh, Citizen came out with the Echo Drive that had kind of a similar you know, setup. So we've all had that, that idea, and then unfortunately we go out to the internet, we Google it, and we find out there's 10 other companies just like it. And that's okay, that shouldn't necessarily be a deterrent, but you just wanna think, is there room for my hobby or my idea to become a business, to play amongst these competitors and carve out you know, that little space that can lead to profitability, okay? Because if you're not profitability, you're just a nonprofit, you're not a business. Okay, so we always got to keep that in mind. So the easiest way to do that, of course, we can, you know, just go on Google, go on Facebook, on Twitter, start to research, you know, our idea or whatever it may be and see who else is in that space. If it's something that's more of your old school uh, brick and mortar type of, of business um, where you're going to have a storefront or maybe you are going to be, you know, a, a physician, an accountant, you know, an attorney. Uh, some personal service, something that's actually going to be person to person and have a physical presence, that in some ways is a little bit easier where you can just Google, you know, the zip code and your business type and then see, okay, within a mile radius, because I live in a populated area, or maybe within a five block radius because I'm living in Manhattan or working in the city, you know, you want to kind of find a realistic radius and then see who are the major players in that space. And then you wanna look at, okay, I know who the competitors are, but let me start to define who my market is within that perimeter. And if it doesn't look like there's really much room, you might have to move your business idea somewhere else. 
or if you're seeing that there's a tremendous gap and as you just talk and, and maybe survey or poll the local population, you should start to quickly have an idea that this is a need that's yet to be addressed or it's in a need that everyone says, yeah, I got a guy or I got that taken care of or, you know, there's four gyms down the street from me, you know, I can have my pick. So things like that we always have to keep in mind. The next thing you want to do once we have the business idea and the location and the competition firmly understood is you want to create what I call your power team. These are going to be other professionals that are necessary to doing business and it's better to have a trustworthy power team up front than try and kind of fill in these gaps as time goes on. So some of the folks that that would include would be your attorney, all right, that's going to ha have to help out with your articles of incorporation, uh, perhaps your operating agreements, uh, things of that nature. This could be your CPA, okay, who's going to handle all of your accounting and um, perhaps some of your payroll or billing or some of those other things that might be necessary to your business. This will likely be your financial advisor that's going to tell you what's real, what's not real, and uh, kind of tell you the things that you need to hear of if it's profitable or not. And then when it is profitable, how to budget and create reserves and create plans that will allow you to grow um, when opportunities arise. And then also you're probably going to have, you know, an insurance professional to help with all of your liability and other things that are often uh, necessary for a small business. All right. So you definitely want to, you know, get a team, like I said, that's trustworthy, um, people that are easy to talk to, that you get along with, that you can ask questions to and not feel like that you're overstepping or that you're annoying them. You always want to have answers up front rather than when it's too late. OK, so develop that power team early and often. The next thing that you want to discuss with some of these professionals is ultimately going to be what type of entity do you want to create? And when I say entity, what that means is you have all these ideas, but now we have to kind of let the rubber hit the road and create a business at that point. Okay. So there's a number of different shapes that your business could take. I'm just going to give you a cursory overview of the different formats. Bear in mind, I am not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I'm a financial advisor by trade, um, but all these things are very relevant to our business uh, nonetheless. So the first one, where pretty much every business is going to start day one, is what's called a sole proprietor. Okay, A sole proprietor is essentially you've taken that hobby and now you're making money with it. All right? There is no legal distinction between you, the owner, and that business. You're pretty much one and the same. And what happens when you're a sole proprietor is any of that income that's generated is going to be reported on what's called a Schedule C, which flows right through to your personal 1040 or to your normal tax return. All right. So that's just you started up with this idea. You're making some money. You're a sole proprietor. OK, the next step and, and kind of like right in line with that would just be a partnership. All right. It's the same kind of idea, except now it's not just you. Maybe you have you and your buddy or three other friends. So now all of a sudden you have three or four partners uh, that are in this business, kind of informal in a way, um, and you're generating profits and splitting those profits and you're being taxed as a partnership, which again would just flow through um, per your shares in the business, your, your portion of ownership onto those respective individual tax returns. So you got your sole prop and you got your partnership. That's kind of the easiest way just to get things going. It doesn't take a whole lot of work really to do that. 
The next thing that you're going to find in the small business space and really over the past a couple decades, frankly, has become extremely popular and not just for our small business. This can actually expand you know, far into your multi-billion or multi-million dollar businesses is going to be what's called an LLC. That stands for a limited liability company. Now, what that offers per the name is a distinction between you, the owner or owners and the business as far as liability is concerned. All right. So where on the sole proprietor or the partnership that does not have any sort of uh, incorporation, pretty much there's unlimited liability. And what that means is if I start my business where I'm, you know, creating my own little paintings and then I go sell them just on a, a website I set up on GoDaddy and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody sued me because their little baby ate the painting and got sick or something. Pretty much all of my assets are available and totally exposed to those creditors. Okay. Once I create a limited liability company, now I can restrict my exposure or my liability just to my capital contributions into that company. So in that instance, if I was sued my business, it's what the creditors can go after is now going to be much more narrow, much more restricted um, just to my assets, <clears throat> excuse me, of that business, as opposed to my personal belongings and investments and savings and things that I just have with my household. So it creates a really nice barrier there between my personal life and my work life, if God forbid I'm ever sued. All right, so that's what you're going to see a lot of. They're very easy to set up uh, in LLC. And then from there, and I, again, I won't get into the accounting too much, but you can be taxed, again, as a sole prop, a partnership, or as a, a S-corp. Um, so you have options there. But typically what all that's going to do is the income, similar to the ones I just went over, is going to flow through to that personal tax return. All right, so that offers liability protection but you avoid what's commonly called double taxation and that the income that that business generates is just going to flow right through to the individual and they pay their taxes um, similar to some other income that they would receive. Okay, so that's your LLC, obviously very popular. And then the other couple ones that you have, you have an S-Corp. Um, lots of LLCs, like I said, will choose to be taxed as an S-Corp, um, but they still have the protection of the LLC. Um, so an S-Corp is a pass-through entity that has to have less than 100 shareholders. And then essentially like your, your biggest companies out there um, where you're getting a lot more complex uh, are going to be C-Corps. Okay? What a C-Corp is, is it's a completely separate entity or company from your individual world or finances. Okay? This is where the, that double layer of taxation can occur in which that business is its own separate entity that generates revenue and profits, and then that business will be taxed. And then when that business flows through some of those profits to their shareholders um, as a dividend, then those shareholders or owners would get taxed at their personal rates. Okay, so you're seeing pro uh, profits to the business getting taxed, and then when that money flows through to the owners, then they get taxed again at their personal rate. All right. But again, that can obviously offer a lot of uh, protection in some other areas when we speak about liability. So I know that we spent a little bit of time there on that item in the checklist, 
But again, that's something that once we have the idea, the location, the competition, our power team, and we're really saying, hey, this looks like it's going to turn into something. Let's, let's get going. We're going to have to define how do we actually want to set up this business? And do we want to be incorporated or not? What format are we going to take? And keep in mind, too, one other thing I want to mention is you can always change that. So it's happened many times where you start out as a sole prop. You get up and going. You start to develop a lot of customers. And you say, okay, we're actually making some headway here. But naturally, we have more exposure. Let's create an LLC. And then we're taking on new partners. The business is expanding, generating a lot of income flowing right through to our balance sheet, our tax return. And then maybe you say someday as you get bigger, let's actually incorporate as a C-Corp. And then you go that direction. Okay. So a lot of different things you can do in the future, but we have to have a starting plan. Then the next thing that I think you're really going to want to do, and it's kind of in a way uh, simultaneous to that checklist, is to develop your business plan. Okay. So let's walk through a, a template here. And this is something that it's never too early to start. So in, in that checklist, you know, a lot of those things I just referenced are going to become a part of your business plan. So if you wanted to start and say, hey, let me put together a template and actually start getting some of my thoughts down on paper, this would certainly be the time to do that. So let's look at the template. Let's start with the, the most important things and we'll work our way through that. The first thing that any good business plan should have is what's called an executive summary. This is something that you could provide to a potential partner, uh, to an employee, or eventually as you're trying to get financing to an investor or to a bank. And quickly it'll say, okay, what's the story here? So that I can read in a quick couple minutes and know really what this business is all about. That's the executive summary. So within that, the first thing that you want to have is a mission statement. A mission statement is going to very concisely tell you what is the purpose of this business. And what I really implore all of you out there that are going through this exercise to think about is don't just go online and Google mission statement and then kind of copy one from a competitor and just plug in, you know, your, your name and, and maybe a new twist. This is something you, even though it's very short, typically only a couple sentences, this is something you really want to spend some time on because it's really going to be your passion and your idea summarized into just a few words. Okay. That's your mission statement. All right. And then I'd like to read one real quick and you guys can kind of guess a bit of trivia, which company I'm referring to. Famous mission statement here. The company's mission is to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling reflecting the iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the world's premier entertainment company. So if you hear that and you're kind of thinking, you know, who, who does that fit? That would be the Walt Disney Company. All right. So you could certainly look at that and say, okay, that's what a mission statement is. Or if you even look at us, the Kaderna podcast, you've heard me say it at the beginning of many of our episodes, our mission is to educate folks on how to achieve wealth in its original meaning, a state of well-being. Okay, very simple, very succinct. That's what you want to think about so that 10, 12 years down the road, as your business is going great, or maybe things are hitting the fan and you got all those restless nights saying, why am I doing this? You want to look back to that original mission statement and say, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I wake up. That's why we've put all these, these hours and all this work into it is because of that mission. 
All right, the next thing that you're gonna to wanna to do is create your objectives, all right? Typically, a good time frame is one to three years. So this is where you're gonna lay out what do you want to happen at each stage. You can do it you know, semi-annually or annually, but usually a three-year horizon is about as far as you'd wanna go in that. <clears throat> so those objectives, what they could be is, you know, in, in the second year, we wanna break even. Um, in the first year, we wanna hire staff and have our doors open and uh, you know, be able to have our marketing plan going out to this general vicinity. And then I know I'm bouncing around, but then maybe in that third year, uh, that's when you're gonna expand and perhaps uh, open up another location. Things like that are what are gonna go into your objectives. So you, this is really kind of like your roadmap of, all right, are we, these are our goals, you know, which are smart, all right? So they're specific, measurable, achievable, um, all those little acronyms, that's what's going to uh, fall into your objectives there, all right? Then the next thing, which I think is probably the most important, you know, maybe not so, maybe second to the mission statement, is going to be your keys to success. Your keys to success are your unique value proposition, all right? So this is the one when you say, all right, I've got a great mission statement, a great idea, these are objectives, um, but they're just kind of dreams until we actually, you know, put the work in. So when we do get down to work, well, what are we doing to make ourselves different? That's going to take some of our customer base away from those competitors that we had researched. All right, so your unique value proposition, again, you want it to be very specific and you want it to be different, you know, per the name, um, so that you know, hey, yeah, there are competitors out there, uh, but this is, you know, to, to kind of steal another common phrase out there, this is my blue ocean. Um, this is all of my space because there is no competition now. I have this unique value that nobody can get anywhere else. And that's the experience and the offering that I'm going to give to my customers. So those three things, guys, your mission statement, your unique value proposition, and your objectives, that's what creates an executive summary. All right, so if you can create that nice executive summary on just a one-pager that then you can share with folks out there, they should very quickly know, okay, what is this business? Is it of interest or not? And uh, you know, is it nice, neat, and organized and does have the potential to survive and thrive? The next thing that we're gonna do is have the company summary. Within that, we're gonna talk about the ownership structure. Okay, so is it just you? Do you have a couple of your buddies there? How is this all set up? What's the structure of the company? And then what's gonna be the format of that company like we just went over moments ago? And then the next thing too are gonna to be those startup costs. So now we're starting to really have that financial conversation of, okay, am I just registering a website? And you know that's pretty much it. And then I'm gonna market through social media and then I'm buying my own you know, tools and supplies for whatever my at-home business is. Or am I going up and I'm opening up a, a dental office that I'm gonna have you know, a mortgage on a property, I'm gonna have a marketing budget, I'm going to have staff I have to employ, different insurances, um, you know, a lot of equipment that I'm going to have to finance. Those are all the things that we want to lay out. And again, this is another eye opener where a lot of people will kind of get weeded out at this point of, wow, this is a much bigger commitment than I anticipated. Or, hey, we got this. And, and there's ways that we can go ahead and maybe get that financing through small business loans or friends and family. Then once we have our company summary, then we'll have our services offered. So go back to that unique value proposition and expand upon it and say, okay, well, what exactly are the services or the products that are going to be provided by our company? 
and detail that, okay? And again, these things can change as the marketplace changes and your business changes, but we need to have a starting point. Then what we're gonna have is our market analysis. So this is when we go back to that competition research and we expand upon that dramatically. And we start to do kind of a feasibility study of either that area, uh, if it's more of a physical kind of service or product, or the, the whole landscape, if it's maybe something that has an online presence and see, okay, who, who are we targeting? How are we going to get there? Uh, what are the current trends that we're seeing in this business place? And how are we gonna kind of fit into that fold? This is the one for any of you guys out there that watch Shark Tank. Uh, this kind of blindsides a lot of folks in which they'll say, hey, you know, we just did research on Google and there's 1.5 billion potential customers out there. And they throw off out that lofty number and then all the sharks kind of rip them to pieces um, because that's, that's so just broad and generic as if any human being um, could become a, a customer of whatever that product or service is. You need to be much more realistic and de definitive or else you're never going to be able to market and sell to those people. All right, then what we're going to do once we have that market analysis is create the strategic plan. All right, so as you can see, this is kind of like a progression. So we're, we're laying out these ideas and then we're just kind of expanding upon them. The strategic plan first is going to have listed out your competitive advantages. Okay, so again, we have that unique value proposition. We have the market analysis. And now what we're going to explain is, you know, maybe three to five competitive advantages that our competitors cannot offer. Okay, so maybe that's something you can offer through price or through speed of delivery or through just a very unique product or maybe the experience or the service because of your knowledge or intellect in that business or your experience. Um, so those are things that could be listed out. That again, when someone says, well, that, that unique value proposition sounded good, but prove it. That's what's going to be in the competitive advantages. Then you're going to have your marketing strategy. Okay, maybe you're doing this yourself or you're hiring a consultant to do some social media marketing, some web marketing, um, or just your good old advertising and billboards and local magazines. We've got to lay that all out. And then those costs will be folded back into those startup costs that I mentioned. And then ultimately, and this is the, the tough one, is we're going to create a, a sales, sales strategy and forecasts. All right, so these will be, I don't want to say guesses, but these could be very rough estimates. And here's how much of that target demographic we think we can penetrate in years one, two, and three. This is what the, the sale price for our product or our service is going to be. And what can we anticipate converting all those prospects to customers and what that will equate to in the ways of revenue. And then lastly, the kind of next two things you want are your personnel. So all the kind of key actors within the business. And then finally would be the financial plan. And this is what any of your potential lenders or investors are going to be very interested in. And this can be your projected profits and losses. Okay, so you're going to create kind of like a projected cash flow statement and uh, balance statement or balance sheet that will incorporate all those startup costs and then your projected sales and then the debts and the expenses that you naturally have to incur. And you're pretty much just creating a budget. So you might have a pretty firm idea of what all those expenses, so that liability uh, side of the equation, you should have a good idea of what everything's gonna cost. But the, the hard part obviously is the income side. That's the one that's usually quite hopeful, um, but we don't really know until we're actually in the business.
So that's something that will constantly be changing, but you need to have that financial plan. That's one of the biggest mistakes I find in small business is we have a brilliant idea, we're extremely passionate about it, and we chase it, but without the idea of how are we going to remain profitable and solvent. And if we don't focus on that side of the equation, because you say, hey, I'm not really a numbers guy or that stuff bores me and you forgot to hire a financial advisor or consultant, then all of a sudden, you know, you could find that you're charging way too much, you're charging way too little or your expenses are way too high. And then a year or two years in, this passion that you were really good at kind of fell flat on its face just because it was unable to carry itself financially. And then, of course, you'll have an appendix in there, which kind of defines any of the terms. Uh, if there's any kind of confusing um, industry language or jargon in there, um, you kind of want to define everything that was just said in that uh, business plan. So just to recap very quickly, guys, you start with your executive summary. That's going to have your mission statement, your objectives, all that fun stuff. Then you're going to have your company summary. Who are we? How are we setting this whole thing up? Work with your accountants, your attorneys on that side. Then you got to have your services that are offered. Then you're going to have your market analysis. Then we're going to create a strategic plan of how this is all going to become a reality. And then ultimately you define your personnel and then create a financial plan so that you can look at this and say, hey, this is doable. This has a chance. And then you can go out and you can chase that dream and start your small business. Okay, I hope this has been helpful for everybody out there. Please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube. Keep spreading the good word. If you have questions, topics that you want to suggest or other guests uh, so that we can keep having these new ideas and other conversations going on, again, please just email them to thecadernapodcast at gmail.com and I promise we'll give it consideration. Thanks and we'll see you next week and stay safe out there. The Caderna Podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not provide tax, legal, social security, student loan, mortgage, or real estate advice. Listeners should contact their own tax, accounting, or legal advisors or the social security department in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Caderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities, product services, and advisory services are offered through PASS, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Nine 973-244-4420. Financial representative, the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Passes an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Caderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC, are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Pass or Guardian. Caderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of Guardian. Pass is a member of FINRA, SIPC. California Insurance License Number, OK04194. Content of the Caderna Podcast is copyright of Brian M. Caderna, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the content in any form is prohibited without prior permission from the Caderna Podcast. The views and opinions expressed herein may not be those of Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Guardian does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of, of the information or opinions presented herein. Any third-party materials referenced cannot be endorsed or verified by Guardian and are used as the opinion of the author. Guardian, its subsidiaries, or affiliates do not provide or issue or advise for mortgages. This material contains the current opinions of the author, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice.